When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by the wonderful people at TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. TrueMavFitness.com, your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. No better place to get the best workout in than TrueMavFitness.com. And Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and they'll match your first bet up to $250, win or lose. Nobody has better odds, boosts, or promo bets than the wonderful folks at Superbook Sports. Download the app today and plug in that promo code ATOZ. So, uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, the subject of much conversation, and now we can talk about the actual fit of the player. We know what the Titans needed. The Titans needed an a, a, a true outside threat who could operate in a more uh pass heavy system with a coordinator who you know has experience with him and who understands the way to best utilize him. DeAndre Hopkins and the Titans, the the, the constant conversation around the Titans and wide receivers is what? that the Titans don't throw the ball, on, ball enough to justify the cost of one of these wide receivers, and that that whatever you want, whether you want to call it a philosophical approach, whether you want to call it stubbornness, whatever the case may be, that it, it keeps them from being able to maximize the abilities of the players that they do land who are worthwhile pass catchers, whether that's AJ, Corey Davis, Chig, Traylon, Julio, DeAndre Hopkins, the list goes on and on. They've always been a run-first defense-focused team. Now, there is enough reason to believe that they're at least taking seriously enough the need to invest in a legitimate passing game. Um, And understandably, they acquired the best player at his position at any point this offseason. Free agency, the NFL draft, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver that anybody could have acquired at this particular point or throughout the course at any point of this offseason. So now they've done so. So what makes it a good fit? So we're going to talk about this together. And I thought uh, James Foster, who does the A to Z Sports Film Room breakdowns, he had a really nice uh, evaluation of DeAndre Hopkins and how this will work with the Tennessee Titans. But of course, uh, we need to ask you guys for your Two Rivers Ford take. So on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, if you would be so kind as to tell me what is the Titans' 2023 ceiling after signing DeAndre Hopkins? How good truly can they be? I had a couple of questions today from people at Media Days, some uh, people who were working locally, who were Titans fans, who wanted to at- talk about the DeAndre Hopkins signing. It was, you know, obviously a lot of SEC football, Missouri, uh, LSU, and Texas A&M, all, and Commissioner Greg Sankey, all uh, representatives at the podium and giving press conferences, all these different things. Uh, but, you know, obviously in a pro sports market, the way that Nashville is, 
the focus of or the focal part of point of our discussion today was the Tennessee Titans in this particular acquisition. So when you look at all the different ways that you make it fit, well, again, you have to go back and watch the Cardinals and see how they utilize DeAndre Hopkins, where regardless of what quarterback was in there, because remember Kyler Murray did get hurt towards the end of the year, and he had to play a couple of games with Colt McCoy and then a, a third quarterback whose name escapes me. Either way, and then you go back and look at the Houston Texans offense with DeAndre Hopkins and Tim Kelly as a part of that staff, and you see some pretty interesting things. So it's your Two Rivers Ford take. It's made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service is what Two Rivers Ford offers to you. The Ford F-150, as a matter of fact, they've got all kinds of great F-150s on the lot at the dealership in Mount Juliet, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, or online at tworiversford.com. So what, uh, at this point, as you look at DeAndre Hopkins and his situation, what is the ceiling for this particular team? Um, uh, Lemetrius says, shouldn't finished without 10 wins. Uh, so I assume he's saying shouldn't finish with less than 10 wins. I don't want to, uh, I think you might've had a typo there, so I don't want to misconstrue what you're trying to say. Super Bowl says Jonathan Caverly. And if you want to, you know, if you want to talk about it, as a Super Bowl uh, contending team, then you're more than entitled to do so. AFC South Championship, says uh, Sam Cardenas. Do you mean the AFC Championship or the AFC South that to win the AFC South again? I think that's, uh, I think that's uh, you know, I think those are both uh, goals that can be discussed uh, with a degree of seriousness. James Roberts says 10-6 and six in a wild card bid. Well, there's 17 games, not 16 games anymore. 10 and, I mean, 10 and 7 probably wins the division at this stage. Jonathan says, you asked for a ceiling, LFG. And, you know, again, you're entitled to think that the ceiling for them is Super Bowl. I think that they definitely have a higher ceiling with him than without him. Um, and I thought James Foster did well to articulate just how well or how good a marriage this could be with DeAndre Hopkins and Tim Kelly reunited here in Tennessee. The Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year, $26 million deal. And to me, this does change the outlook for Tennessee's season. Before the Hopkins signing, you needed everything to go right for this to be a quality receiver room. Traylon Burks, Chigakonkwo, and Kyle Phillips all needed to take major steps forward, and there was no depth, so if one of them got injured, it's back to the dark ages. But now they have four starting caliber receivers, so it'll be easier to handle minor injuries that pop up throughout the season, and the ceiling is so much higher. Before we get into the video, make sure to like and subscribe. Also follow us on all of our social medias. You can find the links to those in the description below. So DeAndre Hopkins, I think is about 75% of what he was in his prime. So I'd probably say a high-end number two receiver. I saw today they gave him a 93 in Madden, which is definitely a legacy rating. I don't think he's a top 10 receiver at this point in his career, but I agree with Mike Herndon that Hopkins will most likely age better than someone like Julio Jones. What made Julio an elite receiver was his generational combination of size and athleticism. I mean, he ran a 6.66 in the three cone at 
six foot three, so he relied on his quickness out of his breaks and speed down the field. And once those traits started to decline, there was a steep drop off. Hopkins is more smooth than he is explosive athletically, and he wins with crafty route running and contested catch skills. So I expect his decline to be more linear than exponential. This is a really funny play that's kind of emblematic of how D-Hop wins. So he's never been that fast in a straight line, and he's probably lost a step over the last few years. But even with the corner a couple yards on top of the route, he throws up his hand to sell the jump ball and then cuts it off to a comeback. Curls and comebacks are probably his most effective routes at this point. I think the fact that he isn't moving that fast makes it easier to stop his momentum and create separation. He knows how to attack the blind spot and sink his hips at the right time, and he has great ball skills and coordination along the sideline. And on a related note, most of his vertical routes at this point, he's cutting off to back shoulder fades. Unless the point of the route is to clear out the safety or something, most vertical routes have adjustments based on the defender's leverage. So if you're eight to 10 yards downfield and you haven't stacked the corner, you're gonna push through and cut off the route to a comeback. And since he doesn't really have the speed to win over the top, his tape from the last few years is a lot of back shoulder fades. And the body control and hand-eye coordination it takes to execute this successfully shouldn't decline that much as he ages. The one question I have with this is how comfortable Tannehill is throwing this route. He's only attempted seven back shoulder fades since he came to Tennessee with two completions. But overall, I think this should be a steady high percentage throw. And then he also has a really nice spin move. He does a good job of anticipating the pursuit angles of defenders as he's making the catch. And he can make that first guy miss and get downfield. Again, he's not this explosive player after the catch where you just get the ball in his hands and let him make something happen. But he's a smart runner and he definitely adds value in that area. So I really like this move. There was no reason for the Titans not to bring him in. I thought the contract was fair, but they could have afforded to pay him more if they had to. You look at the 20 and 21 draft classes, they aren't going to have to give out any major contracts to those guys. Even if they bring a couple of them back, it shouldn't be a huge burden on their cap space. So it was a good move financially. And for anyone bringing up Julio, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson to say that Tennessee is where veteran receivers go to die, those players were at the end of their careers anyways. They fell off because that's what happens to veteran receivers when they get older, not because of anything to do with the Titans. At some point, that's going to happen to DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe it's next year, maybe it's five years from now, but that's just the gamble you have to take when you're signing a receiver in their 30s. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to like and subscribe. Also, let me know in the comments any NFL players or teams that you'd like me to cover. So that's uh, courtesy of James Foster, who does a really, really good job breaking things down for A to Z Sports. And at this point, uh, as you look at DeAndre Hopkins, and a quick reminder that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com, get your dream address. Without the stress, the Intel Edge, you need to succeed. Don't sell without that Intel Edge. You need to succeed can be found with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. That's Gary Ashton. Um, so as you look at the, the breakdown and you understand where DeAndre Hopkins is at this stage of his career. Now, James said that he uh, would put DeAndre Hopkins outside of the top 10. And Vasco on Facebook Live says, name 10 receivers better than D-Hop. Not arguably. I need to know 10 that's legit better than him. Um, you know, 10 would be a struggle for me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do this off the top of my head, right? So I would say that Devontae Adams is better than DeAndre Hopkins at this stage of their career, right? Not, not across, you know, a decade. DeAndre Hopkins has been in the league for a long time now, but I'm talking about like in today's game, I would say DeAndre, uh, excuse me, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, 
Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup uh, when he's healthy. I would say I don't think I would put Mike Evans above him. Jamar Chase, though, for sure. Uh, Yeah, it's tough for me. Maybe Debo. Debo, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But that's a pretty – that's a – Mm, that's hard for me. Debo just does more. So I would say I could name seven, but it's tough for me to it's tough for me to say ten wide receivers are better than uh than um what then uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Then DeAndre Hopkins at this point. I would not I it would be tough for me to argue that there are ten players better at that position based on all the things that he does. Uh if Tannehill has no time in the pocket, says Josh and the line cannot open run lanes, nothing will work regardless of skill players. Well, sure, but like, we have no idea whether it's going to work or not work, and I'm sure there's going to be moments where the offensive line plays well, and I'm sure there's going to be moments where the offensive line plays poorly. Uh, you understand? Like, I, it's just, it's really, really difficult um, to kind of uh, to kind of draw these assessments. Um, Bert, Bert says he can name. Uh, Bert, would you like to make the case for the four? Five wide receivers that you just put in the chat. I mean, normally we wait until uh, Bert. Uh, we wait until the end of the show for Bert, but he just uh, selected Waddle, Lamb, McLaurin, DK, and T. Higgins, which would make twelve wide receivers better than DeAndre Hopkins. Are you saying that at least those are the options that I should be considering? I think those guys should be considered just because of their age and what they can still do and what Hopkins is lacking. And that's no lack to him. He probably comes in at 12 or 13 uh, at wide receivers in the league. But just like look at what he no longer has in his game and what he has to do to succeed. Like DK is a healthier version of that where he can kind of physical guys at the line and bust people. But I, I, I would venture to say he's probably a 12 to 15 wide receiver in the NFL. So you would take those guys exclusively just because of where they are in their careers, not not like for a season. Uh, yeah, no, the yeah for a season, the age, the contract, none of that really. Is, I'm not taking that into consideration. I'm talking about what they can do. If you look at what what Waddle has done specifically since he came in the league, like that guy is. If he if he wasn't on the same team as Tyree Kill, I think we'd have a lot more. Uh, trust in his explosive ability and McLaurin has just been one of the more consistent guys throughout the year uh who's the other cats I name uh T Higgins uh, same thing with T Higgins if T wasn't on a team with uh Jamar Chase he would be probably talked about in in the top 10 more frequently okay that's a that's a reasonable case now I think you know everybody can do these things subjectives uh subjectively steve uh rex road on uh, facebook live says this guy <laughs> is high af you know i mean uh, again i think that I, on life baby i'm high on life steve. high on life yeah high on breaking news um i think i think that you know a lot of people do the thing and this is a mistake i think that people make a lot of times in in football in particular it just doesn't last as long as you think that it should, right? Like he has, I mean, and the fact that DeAndre Hopkins has been indisputably a top, I mean, I would argue a top three wide receiver, basically his entire career beyond the two years that he's just dealt with, with a PED suspension and uh, a year prior to that in 2021, where he had a, a fair amount of injury. Um, you know, I, I, it makes me more inclined, especially in that sport more than any other sport to like, 
hear people out when they say, yeah, I mean, he's still a good player. It's not top 15, top 17, whatever you want to put him. It doesn't mean that he's not still one of the best players in the world at what it is that he does. But I don't think that they, you know, I don't think, I think people assign longevity to a name far more often than they should. And wide receiver is such a tough position to gauge that anyway, because it's not like quarterback where every team has one starter or running back where there's like maybe 40 guys who are in uh, the consideration of who should start in the league. But at wide receiver, there's such a plethora of these guys where every team has two of these guys. And if they don't have two, they have one and one guy who might become something. So wide receiver is just so tough to gauge when you get in that top 10. And in, in the end, it's an irrelevant conversation. DeAndre is somebody that can affect the, the defense when you play. He's somebody that instantly comes in. He's probably the best wide receiver on this roster. So getting in the minutia of top 10, top 15, who really gives a shit? He's a great player and, and probably the best the Titans have signed in a very long time offensively. Stephen King says Cheech and Chong would be proud. Now listen. They would. We, <laughs> I, I, uh, that's probably my favorite TikTok follow is Cheech and Chong. The, 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 the hijinks that those two 80 year olds get into makes me very happy. All right. Well done by Bert. Uh, we will talk to you here again momentarily. Thank you for your efforts as always. So, uh, as we look at the situation for DeAndre Hopkins, the fit makes a lot of sense. And wherever you want to, uh, uh, Ian Talley says Hop has the seventh ranked Madden rating on Madden this year. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Madden ratings. This is real football. Uh, Madden, um, Madden ratings mean nothing to me. They, you know, they can incorporate all kinds of sports science, all kinds of analytics, all manner of whatever it does. It's a video game. What do I give a shit about Madden ratings? <laughs> that anybody would even cite Madden ratings as a legitimate, uh, as a legitimate, uh, <laughs> evaluation for what it is that he is at this stage of his career tells me everything that I need to know about how a person consumes the sport that they, uh, that they claim to have interest in. I, I just, listen, uh, it's something that Ian, you're not going to be the last person to do it. I'm not necessarily mad at you. I would just say to you, you know, let's be a little better. Can you be a little smarter about the football discussion and not cite to me Madden ratings for a, a play? <laughs> just, I, I would just say, you know, uh, in any case, and I should practice this more too. This is also this is also advice that I would give myself. You know, maybe maybe uh, count to five before you say or type anything, and reevaluate where it is that you're exactly coming from. Because I can't imagine with an opportunity to second guess citing Madden ratings for a legitimate football discussion that you would do it again. But it's okay. We're all going to get better together. Um, he and Tally says, "I'm just stating a fact, not saying it should." matter in his uh, on-field play. Well, we're talking about his on-field play. Again, I could give a shit about the Madden rating, so there's no reason to cite them whatsoever. If this was a Madden live stream, then we could talk about Madden ratings. This Madden has no place in our discussion. Um, it's like asking me to do... It's it's worse than asking me to do record predictions. <laughs> it's, foot, it's, foot, it's video game analysis <laughs> for a football team. Uh, do you believe... D-Hop will hit the mark for his full incentives, says, uh, is it Cadero or Sidero? I don't want to uh, mispronounce uh, your name, but I will uh, go through the incentives with you. We did not talk. Um, they may have talked about the incentives this morning. I will uh, I will reiterate the incentives as Ian Rappaport laid them out of the contract that he will uh, sign with the Tennessee Titans. And I will do that here in just a second, right after I remind you what uh, or uh, who the primetime show is made possible by, that is TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free 
as a Middle Tennessee resident, and you will have the time of your life. I tell, I'm telling you, it is an incredible time at True Math Fitness. I go there for personal training. You can go there for their boot camp classes. I love the boot camp classes too. They're always great workouts. They always work a variety of different movements, not just for strength or conditioning, but for mobility as well. All kinds of functional mobility that you need to go through your day-to-day in a pleasant way. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for any of their great membership options or your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Um, So the incentives for the contract of DeAndre Hopkins look like this at this stage. And this is according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, who laid it out this way. Uh, Rap sheet says, so he has uh, he has tiered incentives in four different categories. Okay, this two year, twenty six million dollar deal is up to thirty two million dollars in incentives. And it you know, based on DeAndre Hopkins' entirety of his career, it should be, it's almost routine for him to achieve these marks. So here are the tiers, 250K, 500K, 750K, and a million. There are three categories in which he has these tiers. So for the 250K bonus, 65 catches, 500K, 75, 750K, 85. If DeAndre Hopkins catches 95 or more passes in 2023, he will receive a million dollars. Yardage, so 250, 500, 751, 1 mil, 750 yards, 850 yards, 950 yards, 1,050 yards is what he needs for his million-dollar milestone. Touchdowns, 4, 6, and 8 in those same categories. So, uh, excuse me, 4, 6, 8, and 10 in those categories. Again, tiered 250, 500, 750, a mil. You know, I think DeAndre Hopkins is more than capable of achieving all of those milestones based on the player that I saw last year. Now, again, longevity. What Can he hold up at 31? Uh, will this, you know, will he start to experience breakdowns? He hasn't, he's been super durable across his entire career, but is this the point where we'll start to see that fray? We have no idea, right? It's just, it's just something to consider. Um, but if he's healthy for, you know, I would say if he plays in, Let's call it let's call it 15 games. I think all three of those milestones are achievable in a 17 game regular season. I think 15 games of DeAndre Hopkins should be able to give you that much at this stage. Um e let's see. Uh does Jake on YouTube says does he take the number 1 role this year with the hope that Traylon can uh, Traylon can surpass him in the second season? I mean, you know, I, 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 w- I just wouldn't necessarily assign number one or number two wide receiver to any of these guys. It's going to vary depending on the opponent, right? There's going to be better matchups for Hopkins in certain situations. There's going to be better matchups for Traylon in certain situations. Like one week, again, should he be healthy? One week, Kyle Phillips may be the number one receiver for the Titans. One week, it, one week, it may be Chig. Um, hell, if Dontrell Hilliard was on the roster, if Tajay Spears looks like he can be the player that he's shown us so far in practice, then, you know, Spears might be the top receiving option in a, in a given week. Right. I I just, I get so, I think people get so caught up in, in trying to assign numerical value one versus two. I understand why, and I get what you're saying, but um, you know, ultimately I think that's so matchup based that coaches certainly don't look at it that way. You understand who your premier guys are, but you also understand the different ways that you can put players in uh, the best position to succeed. 
at this stage. Um, I really, Craig Baxter says, I really didn't think the Titans would sign or that D-Hop would sign with the Titans. And I gave it a snowball's chance in hell of happening. Well, I mean, listen, it was there was only two teams. Ultimately, is what it came down to. And the one team does not uh the the other team who was in contention for him does not um does not spend on the wide receiver position at this stage. It's not something that uh it's not something that they've ever done in New England. Really, if the most notable contract that they've ever handed out um to a wide receiver is that Nelson Aguilar deal, two years twenty-two. I believe was the uh, was the total value, and that was in the middle of a, uh, a pretty substantial spending spree. Something that we don't see uh, we don't see the Patriots do very often. Vasco says, "Buck, what's your favorite football team?" Uh, I don't have one. I uh, you know I just uh, a basketball fan, uh, or like as a as a sports fan, my my favorite team is Indiana basketball. I don't really have a football allegiance like that, but uh, you know I like I like players. I like uh, I like matchups. Um, you know, I like football, uh, so I don't I don't have a team that I root for, but I do uh, I do love the sport and I love covering games. It's always a great time. I like the experience of the NFL, even though basketball is still my uh, still always going to be my favorite sport. Um, I think uh, Pats are first in cap space and last in spending. Says Bryce Erickson. Are they first in cap space now? That is actually uh, that's actually pretty wild that they would sit there and. Uh, that they would sit there and uh, and let it and let it go to waste like that in, uh, in a situation where you you would have to think that they feel a degree of urgency, but you know I mean Bill Belichick has been doing this well for many many years. Um, I just uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that that is something that they can uh, that they can leave. You know they just can't let it get stagnant the way that it seems to have, uh, seems to be. Uh, now some of you guys are asking me if I'm a Pacers fan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, love the Pacers. Uh, when I was in college, it was the Paul George, Roy Hibbert, Lance Stevenson team against LeBron and the, uh, the big three heat. Uh, I was, we used to pay like 30 bucks to get like nosebleed seats at Banker's Life at, at, at the, the arena where the Pacers play is called something different now. Uh, but yeah, uh, love pace, love going to Pacers games. I, you know, I, I have a Reggie Miller court, like street sign in my office here over one of the windows. Um, and, you know, I would love to go to a, I, I'm a Grizzlies fan now too, since I live in the state of Tennessee, I'm a, I would be a John Grant fan if he could be in such a dipshit uh, and not, you know, needlessly force his, uh, his firearm brandishing into things like Instagram live. I am a fan of Jaw's game. Um, I'm just, you know, I think that uh, Jaw as a, uh, as a decision maker right now is, is questionable at, at this point in time. Um, Bryce Erickson says, so Purdue, Notre Dame, or Indiana, Indiana. I went to Indiana. Uh, I love Indiana. Notre Dame football. Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, is my college football team, for sure. Um, it was, it's everybody in the state is basically an Indiana basketball fan and a Notre Dame football fan. Um, anyway, let's keep moving and continue to talk about it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You guys aren't here for my basketball opinions. You're here to talk about the Titans. DeAndre Hopkins and his fit. I just realized that it says D-Hop's hit <laughs> on the graphic instead of fit. That's a typing arrow by us. JSR says, Buck, are you a Titans fan? Nope. I just work here, bud. Uh, but, you know, you can take solace in the fact that I'm not a fan of any of the 32 NFL teams. I'm a fan of uh, I'm a fan of my job. I love my job. My job is kick-ass. I, uh, I like covering the NFL. 
I would, uh, I'd love that the team that I cover is competitive and consistently in the mix. I think I would like my job a lot less if I covered, you know, the Cardinals or what's another godforsaken football team, the Lions. Uh, I'm sure, you know, that you could put any number of NFL teams in front of me that would be far less appealing than the situation that uh, I'm currently in. So I've always appreciated Titans have been consistently competitive while I've been doing this job. But anyway, uh, we can keep it moving. So uh, the situation for uh, the Browns, says Mike Conley, I don't know. The Browns the Browns would be fun. There's always drama around the Browns. I could do the Browns real easy. The Jags, I mean, they've got Trevor Lawrence. I wouldn't mind. I don't think the Jags would be, a, would be a bad beat at all. I just, the only, well, I take that back. I hate the city of Jacksonville. The city of Jacksonville is my, Green Bay sucked. Green Bay was gone. I mean, Lambeau was badass. To do a, uh, a primetime game at Lambeau was a bucket list experience. There was a little bit of snow. It wasn't miserably cold. Um, all these different things, but like Jacksonville, if if it wasn't for Green Bay, Wisconsin being another wasteland, Jacksonville would be my least favorite NFL city. It's a it's a terrible, truly, truly terrible place. Okay, let's. Uh, Josh Sabata says, Buck, are you a fan of answering same questions repeatedly? I don't know, man. You know, it's uh, we <laughs> we always have people ask a question. I'm happy to answer it. Uh, there always seems to be somebody who wants to know the answer to that question. So. You know, it's been five years of us doing this particular show and people still asking that same question. So I'm happy to answer it as often as I need to, because that means that there's new people here and that's fine. Or you guys don't listen to what I'm saying, which is also entirely possible. <laughs> but let's talk about the running de- running back debate. Um, running backs all over the NFL today took a fat L, right? Guys who wanted long-term deals, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, uh, the some of the biggest running back uh, running backs continue to pile up in free agency. Some very very famous names over the course of uh, the last five to eight years of the NFL. Right, Fournette, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook still unsigned. Running backs are being tossed, literally tossed to the side. Uh, so today, the deadline to agree to terms on a long term deal with franchise tag players came and went. And none of the players who had been tagged, Pollard, Jacobs, or Saquon, got long-term deals done. Apparently, the Giants and Saquon were as close as $2 million and could not budge one way or the other. They both felt like they had acquiesced as much as either was willing to do. Now, Derrick Henry has weighed in on this conversation, and you know, very notably. Derrick Henry, uh, and he's been one of several running backs who has weighed in on this conversation, but Derrick Henry in a contract year, obviously, understands what is happening around him at this point. So what Derrick Henry tweets, and Derek, Derek's not a big tweeter, so I do think it's notable when he speaks out like this. Um, he's responding to a tweet put out by Matt Miller, ESPN's uh, one of ESPN's draft analysts. Matt Miller says, been saying it for years, draft a running back, play the running back if he's good. If he's good, three, franchise tag the running back one time, and then draft a running back. So basically Matt Miller arguing for the disposability of the running back position. Um, Derrick Henry says at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. Then then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. And with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. So uh, you're seeing a lot of guys take similar messages. Again, a lot of these guys share agents, so it's easy for them to align behind one another, certainly because they all understand what their market valuation is going to uh it's going to hurt, and it's not just about the – I mean, it is about the position, and it, the position generally lends itself less to sustained health. But you're basically going to have to be a wide receiver and a running back. You're basically going to have to be 
flex is going to become an actual position, right? Flex players are what the NFL is basically asking for, not pure running backs. Uh, I mean, receivers do carry value because it's, you know, it's a more efficient way to move the football is passing if you can be efficient at it. But uh, I think that uh, I think that running backs moving into the future are going to have to be more like McCaffrey and Camara rather than, I mean, Derrick Henry is a unicorn. Derrick, again, Derrick is as wrong as I've ever been about anything in football. Um, but in principle, I still feel that I was right in my argument. For those of you who remember, who have been with us for a long time, I very much, I very stridently argued against Derrick Henry getting a second contract here in Tennessee. Because, again, for the same reasons that Saquon, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, Pollard, Fournette, Cook, all these guys who we've talked about over and over again, for the same reason that they can't jobs, can't get jobs right now or can't get lucrative extensions the way that every other position can. You can just find running backs other places, right? It even happened here. Even as Derrick Henry is the best running back, they were able to replace him with a combination of Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman. It wasn't as good, but it was close enough, right? They were still the number one overall seed in that season without Derrick Henry. Um, it doesn't, Derrick has proved me wrong, but on any other running back, I feel that I would have still been right. Like, I feel that I made the right argument. It's just I had the wrong player, right? I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. Cody Valentine says, none of them are Henry, though. He is just one of a kind, and, and that's that's accurate, right? Derek, Derek has an argument to be a Hall of Famer. Um, he very well could be. He could go on to continue to have a very uh, productive and, and long career, but, like, Derek Henry is modern-day Adrian Peterson, and there's only one AD, right? There's only one all day that way. Derek is, Derek is basically that. Derek is a degree of that, but certainly when you look at the situation for Derrick Henry and the way that they have, uh, and the, the way that he has maintained over the course of time, uh, to Derrick Henry's credit, he is the anomaly, but the rule is still don't pay the running back. Um, both things can be so. The running backs can feel slighted. The running backs can feel like they're, a sledgehammer has been taken to their uh, to their marketplace, and the NFL can be correct in telling them, yeah, it just you're not as valuable as we thought you might be at one time. The game's changed. All right, let's welcome Bert in for In Case You Missed It. We'll take a quick diversion away from the world of the Tennessee Titans to see what Bert has brought us this week. We'll do that right after I remind you that Superbook Sports is where you go to wager on the NBA Summer League, on Major League Baseball, on all your favorite major sports. Plug in the promo code ATOZ when you download the app. You will get the best odds boost and promo bets out there. Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. What have you brought us this week, Robert? What's going on, Buck? Uh, so before we get into it, we're, we've all been tied up in DeAndre Hopkins. I think it would be fun if we could just take a little reprieve, look at the world around us, maybe get a little bit smarter. But before we do that, I've got to ask you, have you ever been attacked by a bird before? I have geese. They're uh, they're very very unpleasant creatures, um, and they often seem to populate office parks around America. So, as a very very small child, I was assaulted by a goose in Whippany, New Jersey, at my mother's uh, place of employment. 
When I tell you I would pay any amount of money to watch that goose whoop your ass, I'm telling you, name, if anybody's got the closed circuit, any of that, I'd pay any amount of money to watch a grainy video of you getting your ass kicked by a goose. I think but, I, I'm old enough to be pre-cell phone video. Like, I'm I'm now at that stage of my life. I My first cell phone in second grade was one of those Motorola flip phones. Okay, I, I can't relate with that. I'm not that old. You're much older. You're much uh, grayer than I am. Uh, but what I can uh, symbolize with you is being attacked by a bird. As a young kid, I have been hell hacked by every kind of bird you can imagine, from chickens. My dad had a very aggressive turkey at one point. Uh, I've been attacked by geese and, more importantly, swans. Swans are the bullies of the the marshlands if you will and in eastern north carolina there's a lot of flat land there's a whole lot of nothing you can live around east jabumble uh, east jabumble bleep nowhere in eastern north carolina so they put up a lot of these wind turbines and uh the problem with wind turbines is if something large like a swan flies into it it's going to mess it up uh it's going to knock the turbine off and you know what one thing about the government is they love their money so they hire these degradation permit hunters where this is where my redneck ass comes in uh, where they give out these tickets for you to come hunt swan so it does not destroy uh, their wind turbines. And when I did that, we were hunting, and my dad uh, knocked one out of the sky, and it promptly fell right into my blind, uh, and the goose was not very happy about being uh, knocked asunder or out of that, whatever word you would call. No, it's not. that's the rare word that you've used correctly. Knocked asunder <laughs> is correct. So it was knocked asunder. This thing took a flip, but it was still conscious enough to whoop my ass. So I, I, I understand. Imagine a goose is like getting your ass kicked by like a high school bully. A swan is like getting your ass kicked by Mike Tyson. They They're bigger, aren't they? They're they bigger than geese. It's like Win Binyama, Goose Binyama out there, slam dunked on me out there in the middle of that barren cornfield. Uh, but I bring this to you because across the pond, they give a shit about their birds, especially ones that belong to the king, and they're doing something about counting swans on the River Thames. Did you know that all unmarked swans in the UK belong to the British crown and by extension to the king? This is swanuping, a tradition dating back to the 12th century when the monarchy used to serve swan meat at its banquets. Nowadays, swanuping is all about counting the swans on the River Thames, identifying them with a ring, checking their weight, and making sure they're not injured. This annual ceremony is also a way to check how the birds are affected by things like pollution, heat waves, or floods. So I've been the Queen, the late Queen Elizabeth's swan marker for just over 30 years, and now it's the King's. But I think it is going to be very positive. The King is very, very interested in wildlife, conservation, so it's going to be marvellous, I think. Marvellous. I hate them so much. I hope both teams win when we go over to London. I'm glad we kicked their ass in a revolutionary war. I want a dumbass job like that, Buck. How do I get a job like that in Tennessee? Like, can I get the uh, hedgehog hollerer? Or, like, can I can I get some kind of dumb? That, that dude had a captain's hat with a with goose a, feather through it. With a feather through it. To signify, just in case there was any confusion, he is the official. I mean, I can't remember the title, but I'll call it a swan wrangler. There of the go. King of England at this point. A swan swindler. A swan uh, swindler indeed. Can you imagine him on the streets of New York? Like nobody would be able to tell him from Adam. They would he would just be another insane person on the side of the road. But he also reminds me of the same people that were uh talking shit about the D Hop signing, where mm -hmm. they were like, 
that's probably, it's going to be the same as Julio Jones, isn't it? I'm going to go eat some fish and not brush my teeth for a couple days. Go you're, kiss my swans. <laughs> you're the one who wanted to go to London. You're the one who's butthurt about not going to London with the rest of us when the Titans play the Ravens, understandably so, because they are your Baltimore Ravens. I hate uh, them. They did it. They they if they weren't a thing anymore, that game would have been right here in Nashville. I'm over it. I'm dumping all the tea in the harbor. I'm not getting embargoed anymore. Whatever else revolutionary the Quakers, I'm not eating Quaker oats. I'm over London. I'm over the UK. Uh big France guy. I can well, also go to Spain. There's, there's nothing there's nothing problematic going on with the French right now for anybody who's paying attention to world events, but well, you know, good luck and God bless. And thank you for your service here as always, Robert. I do my best. See you tomorrow, bud. <laughs> That's Robert Walsh. You can hear him occasionally on the radio show. He's with us, unfortunately, for him all week long while we work at SEC Media Days. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you guys spending your time with us. Radio show tomorrow. Uh, I got a text from Titan Center. Former, t- I keep doing it. Keep calling him Titan Center Ben Jones. He's been Titan Center Ben Jones. Feels like my entire adult life, but he is former Titan Center Ben Jones. And Benny texted me today and said, if you need me to come talk about the best team in college football tomorrow and DeAndre Hopkins, let me know. And I said, yeah, Ben, we'd love to have you. So Ben Jones is going to be on the radio show the 11 o'clock hour tomorrow, and it's going to be a great time. He's going to come down to SEC Media Days with us, and it's Georgia Day. So I'm sure Ben will be able to chop it up with Kirby Smart. I'm I'm dying to talk to Brock Bowers. We're going to see if we can't get him on the radio show, too. It's going to be a great time tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, live from the Grand Hyatt, where SEC Media Days is taking place. Like I said, have a great rest of your evening, and we will talk to you tomorrow on the radio show at 10 a.m. See you guys. Are you surprised to hear that? (laughs) Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit and i was in miami with my new beach house well it was a couple minutes from the beach it's been 20 years since then we haven't been too strong in the last few years oh we've been strong we're just playing by the rules you can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show